Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Coaches Road podcast. Today, we are joined by Aaron Wilbur. Aaron is the founder of the Coaches site, and at the same time, Aaron is the host of the Glass and Out podcast. Last year, when COVID started, I started to listen to a lot of podcasts. Among others, I started also to listen to the Glass and Out podcast. And the reason why I started to listen to it, because the show sounded very interesting to me. And I really enjoyed the people Aaron gets on. And furthermore, I really like his uh, his way of doing the podcast. I think overall, it's a very professional podcast. And the way how he communicates with his guests and the questions he asks his guests um, are on a very good level. And furthermore, I also want to outline that I really enjoy the coach's side because um, it's a really good resource for any hockey coach because they have plenty of material they have a lot of videos regarding player development technical and tactical development and next week they have a big event from the 22nd until the 26th they host a global skills showcase and um, plenty of skills coaches will attend there actually 19 skills coaches and among others Ted Soikohonen will be there as well who was a former guest on our show and I just want to take the opportunity here now uh, and thank Aaron one more time for providing us with access to the Global Skills Showcase and at the same time pro for providing us with uh, free access to the coaches' site. Uh, we really appreciate that opportunity because I have been reading a few articles uh, during the summer on the coaches' site. Now it's really good that we have the opportunity to dive e deeper into the into the coaches side and uh, watch some of the presentations, some of the other content. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to dive in too. There's some, a lot of good stuff on there and I, I really like the, um, just the community that is allowed to kind of share their voice and, and everything on that site. So it's, it's definitely interesting stuff. And yeah, definitely thanks to Aaron for, for giving us access to the showcase next week. That'll be a lot of fun to check that out. Um, you can check it out uh, live as the videos are going up and then also on demand. I think it's for um, 10 or 30 days afterwards um, if you have access to it. And we also you know, would want to thank Aaron for doing a giveaway on our Twitter and on our Instagram accounts for our listeners. Um, all you have to do is just keep listening to this episode. We talk about the rules and the conversation with Aaron and um, just check out our social media as well. Um, but towards the conversation, I think the the content was a lot of um, interesting things. We seemed to jump around, but it was all sort of connected. And um, it was it was really interesting to get his insights on what he's learned from his podcast, um, the coaches that he's talked to and everyone that he's met running his site and running his podcast and and how he kind of uses that um, as he's coaching and everything like that. So it was a really interesting conversation that I think everyone will enjoy. So let's not keep anyone here any longer and let's kick it over to Aaron. So now we'd like to welcome on Aaron Wilbur from the Coaches site, one of the founders there, and then also the host of the Glass and Help podcast. Aaron, thanks a lot for joining us. How's everything going in Vancouver? Thanks, fellas. I appreciate the invite, and uh, things are things are good here in Vancouver. Um, we're uh, we're lucky on the west coast here. The weather's good, and getting outside lots, and um, we're getting ready for a big event next week. 
Yeah, Aaron, you, you just mentioned that event you have coming up next week, the the Global Skills Conference. We're, we're really excited to get the chance to, to hop on and, and see some of those live. And then there's also access to them kind of on demand afterwards for I think it was up to, to 10 days. And um, you were gracious enough to to offer our listeners um, a giveaway on our social media, Twitter and Instagram. Um, all you guys have to do for that to enter, just follow the the show on those pages, follow the coaches side on those pages, and then tag your favorite favorite coach down in the comments on those posts. Um, but Aaron, can you dive in a little bit to that hockey um, skills conference and kind of how that got started and what that's going to be all about? Yeah, you bet, guys. Um, so one of the great things that we get to do at the coaches site is we get to pull ideas from, you know, in terms of how hockey's taught, um, how it's organized fr from all over the world. And we get to share that. And we believe there's a real power in, in sharing those ideas. So, you know, really the the origin of this event was, was back in September. We hosted the virtual hockey summit. It was our first virtual event. Uh, obviously, it, it was hosted because we couldn't host a live event like we're used to doing in the summer in Toronto. And we had two coaches, Mike Weaver, uh, who's based in Toronto, former NHL defenseman, and Glenn Carnegie, who at the time was the, the, the skills coach for the Vancouver Canucks, had, had a ro that role for 12 years. And they came to us and said, hey, we want to do on-ice presentations. And we said, well, fellas, it's virtual. We can't do on-ice presentations. And they said, well, what we'd like to do is, is film ourselves on the ice. In Glenn's case, he was skating with Josh Levo, who was injured at the time. Josh is now playing for Calgary. And he said, I want to – I want to – you guys to come out – film me on the ice. And then I'm going to screen share the on ice videos on zoom when we're recording it with the audience. And I, I think it's going to work well because then I can sort of pause and tell us straight and really, really break down the different skills and details. So we didn't really know what to expect, but the feedback we got was excellent because by doing it this way, like normally at our live conference, we have on ice presentations, we have the coaches up in the stands and, and it's great and it's personal, but you know, depending on where you're sitting, it might be really tough to sort of pick up some of those nuances. So it seemed to translate really well. And so, you know, there was that. And then the other part is we've never really had, um, you know, an application process for coaches to participate in their events, although we get a lot of inquiries. So we thought, you know, maybe this is a great opportunity to open it up because there's probably a lot of skills coaches, just like I'm sure in Finland, there's a lot of amazing coaches who, do a, you know, a terrific job when it comes to player development, but, you know, maybe relatively unknown to, to people outside of, you know, the respective areas. So we thought, you know, what, wouldn't it be great if we could provide a forum for those coaches to, you know, shed light on what they're doing. So um, long story short, we had over 150 applications and initially the goal was to narrow it down to 10 coaches. Um, we just got overwhelmed. We ended up inviting 19 to participate. So over the five days, there'll be four, uh, uh, and in, I think the last day, three presentations per day. And, and just so everybody's aware, um, you can tune in live, but the presentations are available on demand. So obviously we don't expect that people are going to be taking uh, four hours out of their day to watch skill development videos. So you can, you can digest it at your own pace. They'll be available uh, 10 days post event uh, on demand. And then obviously for members of the coaches site, the videos will be posted there afterwards. So you can, you can uh, go back to them uh, anytime you wish. Well, first of all, I need to say 150 applicants. That's a crazy amount of applicants. And it's it's 
it's really great to see what kind of program you guys have pulled out of it. I mean, nine, 19 skills coaches, and I also looked it up there from from all over the world. So that's going that's going to be very really interesting. And also the as you mentioned already, there are so many skills, and I really 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 um, when I saw the program, it was really great for me to see how each of these skills have been broken down. But moving on a little bit, um, it's it's very interesting that we have the opportunity to speak to you because you're the founder of the coaches site. And as Derek also mentioned, you you host the Glass and Out podcast. So could you first of all say how everything started with the coaches site and also how everything started with your Glass and Out podcast? Wow. Well, I'll, I'll try and I'll try and be brief here. And, and um, so I guess sort of, you know, two different stories. So the coaches site, I had moved to Vancouver in 2008 to be an assistant coach with the University of British Columbia men's hockey team. And I had that role for two years. And during that time, I was hired by Vancouver minor hockey to be a coach mentor. And so that involved me going on the ice with teams, working with coaches, developing practice plans, seasonal plans, and also hosting coaching clinics throughout the year. And during these clinics, I was always really transparent with the coaches in that, you know, the ideas that I was sharing, they weren't my ideas. These were ideas that I had borrowed or stolen from coaches who were much more experienced um, and accomplished than I was, um, but who, you know, I had a chance to learn from. And so one day in one of these clinics, one of the coaches put their hand up and said, Hey, like, where do you get these ideas? Like, how do you meet these coaches? You know, where do you get a chance to steal these ideas? And I said, well, good question. I said, I don't know. I said, you know, you, you go on scouting trips, you, you meet up after the game, you, you know, it's sort of your league events, you go to conferences. And he said, Whoa, whoa. is it conferences? He says, what conferences can I go to? And I said, that's a good question. I said, well, I know, you know, at the time hockey Canada used to have a, a global coaching, um, clinic that they would put on every couple of years. Uh, there was the Roger Nielsen clinic, uh, in Windsor, Ontario. And I said, you know what, let me get back to you. And I said, I'll, I'll, I'll do some digging and see what's available out here in the West coast or Western Canada. And I, and I did that and, and there was nothing. And so that really planted the seed. And then about a year later, I resigned from UBC because, um, I just knew that for family reasons, I wanted to stay in Vancouver. I'd been moving around every year to coaching and, and wanted to set up some roots here. And so as, as strictly a vehicle to stay involved in the game, I said, you know, I'm going to see, I'm going to host my own little coaching clinic here in Vancouver. The idea at the time was it was really just to be for local coaches. And it was just a chance for me to invite some pals that, that coached at, you know, various levels out in the summer to get together, have a few pops and talk hockey. And, and that's all it was ever going to be like, I didn't, I didn't have experience organizing a 10 year old's birthday party, let alone a, a coaching clinic. And, um, so our first year we had 98 coaches come out primarily local, but then the second year, uh, we had over 200 and we had coaches flying in for it and we weren't really doing any promotion. It was all word of mouth. And, um, and so after that second year, we started a blog um, and just started, you know, again, with real, with no real game plan or structure to it, we're just sharing information as it came in, the blog started getting traffic. And then out of the blue, one day, I got a call from a gentleman named Ken McDonald, who was the chief growth officer for team snap. And they were looking for a way to get connected to the grassroots hockey community in Canada. They were aware of our blog. They had been using it to, to, um, promote team snap, their, their app or team management app. Via Google AdWords, and they said, "Hey, could we could we come and 
take part in the event as an exhibitor, a sponsor. And so at that time, we didn't really have exhibitors. They were the first, they came up and a couple of years later ended up um, uh, acquiring the naming rights to the event. And that's when it really kind of took off. And the coaches say, you know, we, we sort of recognized that there was an ability, not just through the live conference, uh, but through the website and the ability to share content um, to connect with coaches, um, you know, outside of the lower mainland and really create sort of a global coaching community. And that's, that's what it's become. So that's the origin for that. Um, the glass and out podcast, uh, a good friend of mine here in Vancouver, Derek Popke, who's a skills coach works with a bunch of NHL players. He had been invited, um, to take part uh, on a, a program called minor hockey talk, um, here in Vancouver. And, um, it was just a weekly segment where they were talking about minor hockey and, I was invited on as a guest a couple of times and then, you know, the station just sort of dropped it. So Derek came to me and said, Hey, why don't we continue this on the coach's site? So we did that for a while and we invited our editor, Calvin check, uh, who our editor at the time, Calvin's now the head coach of the Winkler flyers in the Manitoba league. And so it was the three of us doing it. And Derek just, you know, kind of lost interest in it. So we decided to, to change the name. We enjoyed doing it. And we recognized that, you know, probably like a lot of, you know, I would say your audience, like, you know, we, we would watch the local sports channel and we'd see coaches interviewed. And I always left those interviews thinking, man, like I'm not, I feel like there's so much more they have to offer that I'm not getting out of these conversations, you know? And we thought, you know, perhaps that we can provide a, a comfortable place where these coaches can sort of let their guard down a bit and really share what it is that they do or how they sort of look at their role and, and some of the challenges they face and really get into the guts of what coaching is. And I, and I think we've done that, but you know, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, I, I, there's a statistic I read recently, like there's something like 30,000 new podcasts launched a day and it's, and the medium's just blowing up right now. It took us two years to get traction with it. You know, and, and I, so, and I, and I say that, I think what you guys are doing is great. Um, and I see so many great platforms and I would say this, like, I think so many people think now that, you know, we're going to do a podcast and, you know, within a couple episodes, like the whole world's going to be listening. Like it really takes time to sort of build up these properties. And that's something we really come to appreciate, but the glass now podcast is, you know, something just personally, I, I feel so privileged to get to talk to these coaches, help share their stories, because I think anybody that's been involved in coaching recognizes that, man, it is a grind. Like it's really different than any other profession. It's, it's a real grind. It takes a huge commitment. There's, there's little pay when you're starting out. There's, there's basically no job security. It, it kind of makes you wonder like, why would anybody want to get into coaching? Right? Like, you know, it's not logical, but it, it's a chance for us to share some amazing stories. We think it's really inspiring and, uh, and obviously, you know, builds connections and, you know, leads to conversations like these. Yeah, I think um, that's been one of my biggest takeaways too. Is just like the the connections that you get to build to this this medium, right? You, you get to meet so many different people from from all over the world, and and just get to chat about what you what you enjoy chatting about, which is hockey and sports and, and coaching. And I think that's uh, that's fantastic. So I want to dive into that a little bit more on your side. Can you go into what your kind of favorite part of running your podcast has been? And, and kind of what is what has been the the highlight for that for you? Sure, you know what I think it's it's probably before the conversations. It's doing the research, and again, we we live in such an amazing you know 
time right now where, you know, you can go on the internet and you can, you can, you know, dig up old articles, interviews on, on coaches. And so that, that process for me, um, I, I bet you, I probably invest three to five hours per episode just in doing the research. And, and, and what ends up happening is you end up building this sort of storyboard from when a coach starts, um, to where they are today. And what I find is that, you know, there's a lot of highs, there's some lows as well. Um, you know, the coaches, when we talk about them getting fired from jobs, we talk about, you know, the, the sacrifices their families make. And what I find that's really unique is that there's, there's no sort of, you know, consistent path to becoming a professional coach or a really reputable coach. But the one consistency I'll say is that there's a little bit of mixture of at some point, the coaches whose names that we all recognize now, at some point, they had to kind of step out on a limb a little bit, or maybe they had to make a, an introduction or a phone call to somebody um, that other people may not have felt comfortable making, but that ended up being their big break or, or perhaps an opportunity for them to open some doors. And, and so I always find that fascinating because I think that that's really a big part of, of, of life and, and people who are successful in any industry or, or any um, uh, vocation is that, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta sort of take charge and help write your own story. And you gotta, you gotta put yourself out there a little bit. And, you know, the second part is that there's always an element of the support of the people around them, whether that's their, their wives, their kids, um, you know, people that they've worked together on, you know, various staffs that, you know, that, that support network is so important. And I would, you know, it's funny. And I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but maybe it's something when you get a little bit older. And I know when I talk with my friends that, you know, have, they're not involved in the hockey industry, um, you know, getting fired is, is the biggest punch in the gut that, that, or one of the biggest punches in the guts that can happen to you as, as a person. Now take that experience and amplify it by putting it on the front page of your, of the newspaper in your city and having it run all over TV and then having to deal with that. Like, I can't imagine what that's like. I've never gone through it personally. Um, a lot of the coaches we have go through that and I'm fascinated at just this sort of intestinal fortitude to, to wake up from that and say, you know what? I want to keep doing this. I want to get another job. I want to get back on. I, I want to learn from it. I want to get better. Um, and I want to keep chasing my dream. So I really admire that about our presenters. And I, and again, I think it's, it's a real privilege to play a role in, in, in telling that story or telling that part of their story. Well, this is definitely always a tough topic to talk about, but I find it very important and good that we actually on these platforms, we have the opportunity to open up about these topics because these are relevant parts of coaching and it can happen at any time especially when you coach older players and on a professional level it doesn't matter if you coach in Germany second league or if you coach in the NHL it can happen to you anyway that, that you get fired and I it's it's just for for me as a as a younger coach I cannot relate to this feeling yet and you never know if this is going to come across to your path but I think the good thing about this is might be that you know coaches who have gone through the same things and then you can ask them about how they have been handling these situations and how, how they actually 
made made their way back and how do they actually what what do they have adjusted based on their on their experience getting fired because it's definitely not easy and as you have mentioned as well that's the if you have a normal job for example you know you have some certainty but for example if you sign a contract but two months later you get fired because of certain circumstances and you need to tell your family you do not have a job anymore then that's that must be pretty pretty tough feeling when um, as i said well you never know what happens but it's just it's just as you said as well just the world of coaching it's insane because you basically just start without having any any benefit from it you do not earn that much money and all in all and then you come to that point where you're actually full-time and then it's just not a one from one day to the other you're you're not doing anymore what you're actually doing but Anyway, moving on, I, I just find it very interesting. And I need to say that during the summer, I've been listening to plenty of, of, of your podcasts. And um, of course, you have also, we, we talked a little bit um, before and also now before this call, um, you, have, you have plenty, or you have been around hockey for quite a long time. And for, for us, it's pretty cool that we actually can see now behind, behind you all the pictures from the teams you have been coaching. So... Um, I'm not 100% sure right now if you are still coaching, but from a practical perspective, what have you been taking away from the podcast, what you apply to your coaching or maybe even to the coach's side? I don't know how it looks like for you. For sure. So, I, you know, obviously this year I, I didn't coach. Um, I wasn't planning on it. Um, pri up until May of last year, I was the hockey director at the North Shore Winter Club. It's a, a private club here in Vancouver. So last year I coached our, our peewee team, which was a cool experience. We ended up going to the Quebec trip um, or sorry, the Quebec international peewee tournament, which was an amazing experience. And it's funny flying back from that. I was sitting beside a woman uh, who was traveling. She'd been visiting her two kids who were going to university in Canada. She was traveling back to Italy where she was from. And we were on a flight from Quebec to Montreal. And she said, are you worried about this COVID thing? And I'm like, oh, is that the thing that's going on in China? She's like, it's not just China. She's like, I don't even know I'm going to get home because my my town in Italy has been like barricaded. They're not letting anybody in and out. It's like, it's everywhere. And I'm like, oh man, that's that's terrifying. So two weeks from when we returned, we were supposed to go to the provincials in, in Kamloops, BC. And, um, and it ended up getting canceled uh, two days prior. So um, so that was my last coaching experience. I think the next time I coach will probably be, I've got a two-year-old son. So whatever sport he decides to do, whether it's hockey or something else, I'm sure I'll get involved with that. But in terms of what I've learned, man, you know, it, it's amazing. Like the, the lessons that I, that I take away, be it from the podcast, the presentations that we, that we hear in the coaches site, they really apply to all aspects of your life. Like I, I genuinely, genuinely believe that I'm a better father. I'm a better husband. I'm a better friend. I'm a better business person, you know, from going through this experience. And, and some of the key takeaways would be a, you are always in a state of learning and getting better. And it really teaches you to, you know, when you make a mistake to, to, to recognize that, um, that it, you know, it, it's part of the process. It's part of being human. And the quicker that you can learn from it, flush it and move on, the better off you are. And that, man, we, we can waste a lot of time in our lives dwelling about last night's loss or, you know, perhaps the argument we had with our spouse or, you know, you know, something that happened at work that, you know, was perhaps unforeseen. 
Um, and then the third part of it is just, you know, leadership is a skill. And I think that, you know, when I grew up, there was sort of a perception that leadership was sort of like was bestowed on a kid from Texas grew up to be the high school quarterback and, and go on to university. And that was just like some God given, um, ability that they had to lead other people. And what I've learned is that leadership is a skill, um, just like shooting, uh, passing and skating. It can be learned. It's something you have to continuously pay attention to and be mindful of. And, and it's something that's available to anybody if you're willing to put the work in it. But, um, and, and again, I think the people that we talk to, like, you know, leadership is something that they are, it is just something, it, it's a daily process for them to try and get better, to look for new techniques, new methods, you know, new people to learn from. So I think those to me would be the, the two things that really stand out. Yeah, I would agree. And I think, you know, we, we see some, some similar things in, in our show as well. And especially that, that idea of you're always in kind of a continuous state of learning. I think that that, that's kind of a, a hallmark of any high level coach or anything like that. Like they're always trying to find more opportunities to get better for their athletes and, and just become better coaches and better people. So I think that's a, that's a, a very common thing, I think, especially in the, the world of coaching, but definitely in all aspects of life. Um, I wanted to go back to, to something that you mentioned near the, the beginning of the conversation. You, met, you mentioned that when you were giving coaching clinics just in the, the Vancouver area as part of your, your job for coach mentoring, um, you had a, a good network, right? And you kind of have established this through scouting trips or conferences and everything like that. Um, and a little bit in our pre-call before this, we, we talked a little bit about the importance of kind of promoting yourself and taking initiatives and stuff like that. Can you dive into that and how important it is for, for young coaches to get themselves out there and, and how, how do young coaches promote themselves in kind of the correct way, if that makes sense? Sure. So I, I think this is, is so important. And, um, you know, we, the thing that I'm probably most proud of with the coaches site is the amount of coaches, be it, uh, some of our contributors, um, who, who write for the site, uh, some of the coaches who we've invited to come and speak at our conference, uh, through the podcast, uh, one of our partners, uh, Ben Cooper, who's, who's now coaching Herning in, in the Danish league, you know, he got an opportunity to, you know, several years ago through the conference, he did a presentation. Um, he'd been the video coach for hockey Canada and the assistant coach for the Canucks was in the audience. And, um, he's like, Hey, our video coach just left to go join Alan Vigneault with the Rangers. Um, and we need somebody, would you be interested? And he had a job, I think within a week. So my point is, is that, you know, we live in a really noisy world now and there's so many platforms available for coaches to get their information out there. And you might think that, Hey, I've got a, you know, I, you know, somebody else who's maybe putting their information out there. You might think that, geez, I, I have more experience than them. I'm better than them. But the reality is that we live in a world now where you have to find a way to cut through the noise. And there's a lot of noise. We're all busy. We all have a phone in our pocket that connects us to people 24 seven. And so I think it's really important to get your ideas out there. And I would, you know, the one thing that I think is important for coaches to understand, I think sometimes we're always limited because we're like, man, if I put myself out there, I'm going to get judged. Meaning I might put a, a video clip out on Instagram and 
I'm vulnerable because somebody could come in and say, Hey, that's, that's a bad idea. Or that doesn't make sense in coaching. You know, there's no bad ideas. Fact. There is no one way to coach. You know, coaching is not like, you know, if you guys, you're college students. So I'm sure at some point you bought Ikea furniture and you get the instruction manual that says you start here and you follow these steps and boom, you've got a, you've got a wardrobe at the end of the day. Coaching's not like that. There is a million different paths to the same destination and it's got to be personal to you. So I would really encourage anybody, um, don't, don't hesitate to, to put yourself out there. Uh, anybody that judges you harshly, um, their opinion doesn't matter anyways, because anybody whose opinion counts isn't, is going to be really respectful. And two, um, I, I can tell you, like we, we work with some of the best coaches in the world and, and, and networking, just like leadership is a skill networking and building those relationships, maintaining those relationships. That's a skill set as well. And it, and it's one that they take really, really seriously. So I would encourage all young coaches, um, you know, find, find that vehicle for you or that platform for you that works, you know, suit me an email. We'd love to talk to you. If you've got some ideas worth sharing, if it comes to coaching hockey and, you know, I would also say this, that, and this comes up again and again on the podcast, the coaches, um, talk about how at some point in their career, they had the courage to reach out to somebody that opened a door for them. And they all say, when they get an email now, or somebody messages them on social media, they will always give them the time of day because they were in their shoes once and they respect that that's part of the process and it's part of, of giving back. So again, just don't hesitate to put yourself out there and, and that's, that's how you're going to get ahead. Yeah, for example, if I think about myself now, when we started this podcast, actually before we started this podcast, I was really concerned about should you actually start a project like that? Because as you say as well, that you put yourself pretty much out there and you provide yourself as a coach and talk a lot and you talk to other people and you basically provide a vulnerable platform. But meanwhile, I think overall, that's one of the best decisions we made for both of our coaching pathways, because at the end of the day, you really got, you were also really positive side effect of this podcast. And I think we have not speaking too much about this yet is that, you develop a lot of skills for your own coaching and you Absolutely. take some and you take so many different things away. It's really, really difficult to explain this in one nutshell, but just one of my favorite examples is that the difference between how you approach coaching and now from a communication standpoint of view is so different. You're just so much more mindful about the words you choose and overall how you actually communicate and also so much more mindful and aware about the tone of voice when you should, when you should maybe, when you should adjust your volume of the voice, when, when it, when is it necessary to be more demanding? When it is, when is it necessary to take the gas a little bit off the pedal? So I think that's also um, uh, for me personally, a very important learning piece from the podcast, from our podcast, from our side here. And what I also wanted to ask you is in terms of that um, self-promotion as a coach, um, especially if you are a young coach and you really, really just start coaching, you really just start coaching locally and um, you do not, you do not know a lot of people. Uh, you, 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 for example, your background was hockey, you played and now you want to explore it, but you do not know a lot of people in the hockey world. What would be your advice or your, 
your yeah, well, more, more or less your advice to those people who just started coaching to get connected and um, to promote themselves a little bit better or a little bit more? Sure. Great and great question. Um, so I think, I think it starts with being really honest with yourself about where you can add value to a team or, or a coaching staff or, or in terms of player development. So, you know, I'll give you a couple of examples. One, I heard a great quote, um, years ago, and it was basically that, you know, if you take away, you know, the players, the players in the NHL, for example, that we all recognize like the Crosby's and the McDavid's, those players that, you know, no matter what happened, they were going to play in the national hockey league and be superstars. If you take them out of the equation and you look at the rest of the players in the national hockey league for every player that makes it, there's a player that was equally as talented that didn't make it. And generally the reason for that is that the player that made it at some point in their career had a look in the mirror and say, this is what I can do and how I can add value. And here's what I can't do. And as much as we'd all like to be the goal scorer, we'd all like to be on the power play. It's generally the players that are really honest with themselves and are focused on adding value and not focused on what they wish they could be. Those are the players that end up making it. And I think there's a lot of parallels with coaching in that, you know, I'll give you an example. I don't share this with too many people. As a player, I was a goalie and I wasn't a very good one. And I got really, really, really fortunate at a young age. So if you see this picture here with the Quinnell Millionaires, I was 20 years old. I was the same age as the oldest players in our team. And I just got really fortunate to get this break to get into coaching. And what I recognized early on is I didn't have anything to offer the players in terms of development. Like I, I was, I got the opportunity because I was a pretty good scout and recruiter, but I sort of looked around. And I said, you know what? It, it would appear that all the assistant coaches coach the defensemen. And so that's probably where I'm going to end up. So instead of focusing on, you know, the, the entire sort of breadth of information that I could go and try and inquire as a coach, I'm just going to, I'm going to shift my focus and become laser focused on getting as much information on how to develop defensemen as possible. And that's all I'm going to worry about. And, and that was a process of, you know, a number of years of trying to acquire. And that really became my calling card in other jobs was that, Hey, I, I'm going to come in and kind of become your defenseman specialist. That's how I'm going to add value to your team and help you win. And so I think as a young coach and, and, and listen, the world we live in today, it's not just position, man. You can get into analytics, video breakdown, there's so many different areas, but I would just recommend that, you know, find what that, um, you know, find what your runway is going to be. And while you're focused on that, you'll ultimately acquire other information that's going to make you a better coach, but that might be your foot in the door. So that's number one. And, and number two, um, I think you've got to kind of do your homework and, and establish where, you know, what the organization's gaps might be. So, you know, if you're, for example, um, a, you know, a video coach, well, try and find an organization that maybe doesn't have the resources to have a full-time video coach and maybe go cut your teeth because until you get some experience on your resume, it's going to be hard. And, and, and largely in our job, and frankly, it's the same in a lot of professions, you got to volunteer, you got to put your time in, but the value in that is that you're going to get a letter of recommendation and you're going to get the opportunity to say, I actually did some work 
in a team environment and that, and that's invaluable. So I, I see it all the time where young coaches expect that they're going to go out and get a full-time job. Um, not a lot of coaches start out with a full-time job. That's just not the way our industry works. So be mindful of that. And just while I'm talking here, the last thing that I would highly, highly recommend is coach kids, coach kids in the summer at hockey schools, because coaching kids is going to force you to develop the ability to make players better and work on the fundamentals and work on skill. And at the end of the day, if you can't make players better, you can't coach. Like you, you might be an expert in forechecking and the best PK, but if you can't work with individual players and find ways to make them better, um, you're really not bringing a lot of value to the table. And the best way I know how to do that and the most accessible way to do that is to go work with kids and, and really learn from that experience. And that's another thing that comes up all the time. Again, we talk about doing the podcast is what a great learning experience that has been for so many coaches where they don't view it as being beneath them. They look at it as, man, this is a real challenge because anybody that's coached kids knows how challenging it is. It's going to force you to be a better communicator. It's going to force you to be really crystal clear with your message. So I think that, and again, and, and it's, and it's an opportunity that, you know, everybody is looking for help. Um, whether it's your local minor hockey association, your local hockey school, there's tons of opportunities to, to get, to get your reps in there. Yeah, I just mentioned here that, and actually I found this advice very interesting that at the beginning you should maybe coach kids because it forces you to make players better. And I think I'm living this up at the moment that because I'm coaching under 13s and under 14s at the moment, Derek and I were it's hard, right? Yeah, it's really it's not tough. Easy. Yeah. No, yeah. it's it's really tough because and our team is uh I think we never open up about our team here on the podcast, but we have a pretty special um pretty pretty special constellation of our team because usually here in Finland it goes that each birth year has their own team. But our our team are combined, so we have different age groups, and usually, for example, or seven born players only play and practice with all seven born players. But in our team, um We have um, two or six born players. They are overage players, or sevens, or eights, and or nines. And it's about 25 players plus three goalies. And each each player is totally different from a physical and mental standpoint of view. Every player needs totally different things in its game or personal and professional development. And that's the that's the most challenging part about coaching that team during the season. But at the same time, it's very enjoyable because you get a lot of things out of it and you really need to think about what do you actually can give to this player? What do you actually need to give to this player? So that's, that's very interesting to me, but I'm um, going back one more time to the advice you have been mentioning is that um, again, um, when, when would you recommend to coaches that who have the long-term goal that they want to coach in a competitive environment or on the professional level? When would you recommend to coaches to really move up to the next level for their own development? For example, considering giving, taking myself as an example again, I'm coaching under 13s and under 14s. When would you recommend me to coach higher level? I mean, on all the all the players, basically. For sure. So I think that um, I think one, I think by nature coaches are competitive and. And that lends itself to trying to move up the ladder as quickly as possible. There's a great power that can be harnessed by, by just being where your feet are. And, um, 
If you listen to the podcast, you know that I'm a, a big fan of Nick Saban and the Alabama football program. And, and he, and he says that all the time. He's like, you got to be where your feet are. So number one, I think it's so easy for coaches that as soon as they get their next opportunity, they're already looking ahead past that and what's next. Good coaches have the ability to be hyper-focused on, on where they're at today and doing the best job they can for that group of players. I don't, I'm not convinced that moving up the ladder necessarily makes you a better coach. I think we're, we're fortunate in a sense now that in most, I guess, hockey developed countries, you can earn a living coaching at the grassroots or amateur levels, meaning you can earn a living uh, coaching midget hockey or Bantam hockey, be it through academies and different programs. And I, and I, my understanding is that's the case in, in Europe as well. In most, in most countries. So my advice would be to, um, you know, take your time, get really, really accomplished where you're at. And I would put less of an onus on, you know, trying to move up and coach older players for, you know, the, the purpose of coaching older players, I would put the focus more on what, what move can I make where I'm going to be around people, whether it be the head coach or, you know, the sporting director at a, at a different club, but who are the people that are, I'm going to be around that I'm going to be learning from. And, and ultimately I think that experience is more important than just coaching older and more experienced players. And I think the other thing that I would add is, you know, I think a lot of coaches can relate to this. Like, when you go and coach better players, their expectations of you are going to be a lot higher. So you better be really clear in your own mind. And this goes back to the whole idea of being value. Like the better players, they're not going to give a, you know, what about, you know, how many championships you won at the lower levels. They're going to sniff you out and figure out really quickly. Can this, can this coach help me get better and help me get to where, you know, I want to get to, because if not, um, especially in the world we live in today, players will tune you out really quickly. So I think a be really clear about, you know, is there an opportunity that somebody you're going to learn from, from people that are more experienced than you, who you respect and two, make sure, um, that, that you're confident that you've built up enough equity in yourself that you have something to lend to that next group of players. That's going to help be helpful to them and add value to what, you know, their careers and, and their aspirations. Yeah, I think that's um that's important advice. I think for for any young coach, not to not to rush things too quickly, not to move up too quickly, and kind of um over overstep in a way. Um, but I want to I want to kind of back it up to to just young coaches in general, and and a little bit about what we talked about in the pre call, and then um there's a a, a lot to um there's a couple different pieces to this question. Um, but I want to ask like what how do you take um and all this information that we get as coaches, and I think especially hard for for young coaches when they're just starting out, to take in all of this information, whether it's from blogs, podcasts, uh, research yeah. articles, books, anything, right? Like, how do you take that all and um, kind of go from like a, a you described it as a thirty thousand level to a to a kind of a practical level on the ground? So, can you dive into that a little bit? But then also, um, I also want to add in this question here, like, what are your um, favorite books and favorite podcasts where you get other information um, besides just kind of the, the coach's site and, and what you're doing with that? For sure. So, you know, to, I guess to the first part of your question, 
you know, we live in a world, and I mentioned it earlier, just like with, you know, access to the internet, social media and, and everything, we're just, we're bombarded with information. So for example, if, if somebody wanted to start a podcast today, man, you could go on YouTube and get a bunch of advice and it's all good advice. You could go on social media and you could get tips and tricks there and, and none of it's wrong. You could go listen to other podcasts about how to produce a great podcast. And again, none of that information is wrong. And I think as it translates into coaching, it's the same thing. And I mean, you know, you know, I run a business that is, is its goal is to share coaching information. And I think all of our information is really good information, but as a coach, I think you have to be really guarded against not trying to be everything to everyone, or at least not trying to take, not, not have this expectation that you're going to take all this great information and that all of it is going to apply to your current situation, the current level that you coach or the current stage of your career. And I've become hyper aware that really good coaches um, have some sort of mechanism to keep track of all this information. And that might be in an old fashioned binder with a, with, you know, a pen and paper. It might be a file that they keep on their computer. And so a, they're really clear about who they are and they're true to themselves. They don't try and be anybody else. And that's hard to do. I think in today's world, because there's so much information out there that says you got to be this way or you got to be that. Like, I'll give you an example. And this is one of my favorites. If you're like, um, you know, say an entrepreneur or you're a young person that's getting going in your career, you can easily be convinced that to be successful, you have to work so hard that you don't sleep. That if you're sleeping eight hours a night, then you're failing. Then you're not going to reach your goal. You can just as easily be convinced by equal by people who are as equally accomplished as the people telling you not to sleep, that you absolutely need eight hours of sleep if you want to be efficient and effective. And the truth is there's probably people that have, you know, based on their own personal circumstances that have become successful by either getting their eight hours of sleep or not sleeping at all, or perhaps at different stages of their careers or life that, you know, one of those two options made sense. So my point is with coaching that, you know, take it all in, but you got to have some sort of internal filtering system to say, Hey, this idea, I'm going to take this today, this idea, I'm going to write it down and I might refer to it later, um, but I don't think it really fits with me right now, or I just want to think about it a little longer. It's the same thing with drills, right? There's there's a thousand drills out there. You're not going to use a thousand drills every year. Not every drill, regardless of how good it may or may not be, doesn't mean you have to implement it this year. But I think we get programmed with that. And pretty soon, I see it all the time. Coaches, every practice is is they're reinventing themselves. And the players are like, hey, can we just do something that's consistent so we can kind of get a handle for it because that would be great. So, you know, th that answers the first part of your question. Um, and, and I apologize, remind me, what was the second part here? <laughs> yeah. Well, just speaking about all those sources yeah. of, of information, like what, it, what are your, um, what are your favorite books? And if you have any oh, other kind of yeah. favorite podcasts that you listen to as well. Sure. So um, great question. So I, I, I love, uh, I, I read a lot. Um, one of my favorite books, and I, I, I gift it to a lot of people, it's called The Cardinal Way. It's about the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team. And it's about how, you know, going back to the 30s and 40s, they were sort of the first team to really start thinking about player development um, and all the, the different influences and how they, or at least how they could influence and how, how important, you know, the, the 
you know, just picking good players wasn't enough that you had to develop them. And it kind of tracks their, their success as one of the most consistent professional sports teams in North America. Um, and I, I just think it's invaluable. There's so many great lessons and takeaways there. Um, you know, so that would be one of my book recommendations, but I, I could talk all day about, about books. Um, I think another one that's, that's really good is, um, is, uh, is, is good to great by Jim Collins. It's a business book, but I think it really talks about just, you know, some sort of key principles in terms of how high performing organizations function and operate, um, that I think lend themselves to coaching. As far as podcasts, um, my, my favorite podcast is called masters of scale. Uh, again, it's kind of a business technology podcast. It's uh, it's hosted by Reed Hoffman, who's a co-founder of LinkedIn. I would say anybody that hosts a podcast, listen to it because it's the production value. It's it's amazing. It's so well done. Um, and I think just the way they sort of take the interviews and cut them up and, and create sort of a story behind it. There's sort of a thesis that they try and prove. And again, I, I think there's so much from it that kind of lends itself to coaching that you can borrow and steal. Um, one of my other ones is broken record. Um, it's, uh, it's done with uh, Malcolm Gladwell and, and Rick Rubin and Rick Rubin's a, a, a really well-known music producer. He's produced sort of hit records for artists across all genre, genres of music. It's produced at his home. And again, he just sort of sits down with music artists and talks about their backstories. And again, I think there's so much you can pull from those stories that lends itself to coaching of just sort of, you know, coming from nowhere to, you know, finding your way to the top of your craft. And I think that's the key word there is um, craftsmanship. And I think whether you're a musician, you're in business or you're a hockey coach, it's your craft and it's a daily process of refining and getting better at your craft. Well, I, actually, it's very interesting now, as you said, that there are so many resources out there. And now again, this is just another great proof because the resources you have been mentioning, none of our previous guests has been mentioning before. And each guest has been has been mentioning different resources and different books and different podcasts and maybe different articles. And it's it's again, I think it's very interesting what going back to the one example or to your own example, what you mentioned that basically if you want to the way how you started coaching, that you said that you you for yourself you made sure that you got all the information about how to coach defensemen in ice hockey. I think for me that goes back now to the point I try just to make here right now is that basically at the end of the day everyone needs to know what kind of information uh, a person needs to filter. And for example, for me now a very valuable information is that podcast you have been mentioning because I did not know it and Derek and I we host our own podcast so from a production perspective it it will be definitely at great value um, that I'm going to check out this podcast and just see how they run the podcast and I think it's just it's just very interesting and for me it's it's very funny that you mentioned the book The Cardinals Way because my my, my favorite team in the NHL are the Blues so um, and the Cardinals that's interesting are, yeah the Cardinals are from St. Louis so I did not know about this book. So um, I think I've never mentioned that about the podcast in the podcast, but yeah, they are my favorite team since I'm 13, 12. I don't remember. But anyway, we have one, one more question for you. Sure. Um, um, so we asked this questions. Uh, we asked this question every guest at the end of our show. So 
what is what is your what is your final message uh, towards our listeners regarding our conversation um, all in all yeah you know i i would say this and i think there's you know a bit of a theme here in our conversation guys but you know being a good coach is a, is a, is a is an is a it's it's a work in progress every day it's a work in progress and i think that sometimes you know rick you talk about you know wanting to move up the ladder and i think that you know sometimes as a coach you got to be really clear are you doing it for your ego or are you doing it because you just you love the game and you just want to become a really good coach and I, I say that because what I find is with a lot of coaches, especially a lot of young coaches, um, they never want to admit that they don't have the answer or they never want to go into a situation or they don't want to have a conversation where somebody's talking about like a, a system or a tactic and say, and, and not put their hand up and say, Oh, I know what to do here. Well, if you already have it all figured out when you're starting out, then, then, then you're the greatest coach that's ever lived. And I can tell you this, I mean, like I said, I'm, I feel incredibly blessed and fortunate that I get to, you know, rub shoulders and be around some of the best coaches in our sport. They are the most humble people you're going to meet. In fact, ironically, the people, the best coaches in the world are the most humble coaches in the world. And they really have the beginner's mindset. So I guess my best advice is this, it's that, don't be afraid to admit that you don't have all the answers and, and don't be afraid to have a beginner's mind where as you go through, you know, if there's something you don't know, then that's an opportunity to get better. And, and sometimes instead of trying to, because if you start faking that, you know, the answer, or you don't really have it clear in your head, how you're going to teach something, then you're only going to look foolish and players today. Like when I grew up, you never questioned the coach. Let's not the world we live in now. If, if players sense that you you're making it up or you don't have a really clear um, process for, for teaching something, whether it be a system or an individual skill, they're going to tune you out so quickly. But at the same time, you'll earn a player's respect. If you say, you know what, that's a great question. And I need you to give me a day to go and, and, and look into that and see if I can give you a good answer, but I don't have a great answer for you right now. Or you know what, maybe you should go talk to this coach because maybe they'll have a better answer for you. And you're going to gain credibility because by doing so, you're going to say, hey, you getting better is more important than my ego and trying to pretend that I got all the answers. And that's going to build a better relationship with the player. And you're going to gain more credibility in, in the process by, by doing it that way. So that would be my kind of you know, the thing that I'd leave you with is just understand that it's a work in progress. Nobody has all the answers today. In fact, there's never going to be a point in your coaching career where you do have all the answers and, and you got to be okay with that. Um, and you got to be okay sometimes with saying, Hey, um, I got to get back to you and, and make sure that I give you the best information possible. I love that quote, the being a, a good coach is just a, a work in progress. I, I really, I really like that the message that that sends. So um, Aaron, I think that's a, a good place to wrap it up for today. So thanks for joining us. Everyone listening, go check out the coaches site. Um, it's just the coaches site.com. And then also check out the hockey skills conference next week um, with 19 top skills coaches from all over the world. That's going to be a blast. Um, and thanks again for offering that giveaway for our listeners.
check out that on our social media. So yeah, once again, Aaron, thank you very much and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks fellas. And uh, Hey, kudos for you guys. You're doing great work here and, uh, and keep it up. This is a great service to the, uh, the coaching community. Thanks for having me. All right. So one more time, thanks to Aaron for a great conversation and for taking the time to join us today. Um, a big thanks to him for allowing us to have access to the Global Skills Showcase taking place next week, the 22nd, or this week, actually, the 22nd to the 26th. Um, it's going to be a really fun event, um, and I'm really excited to be able to share that with two of our lucky listeners um, when we're doing our giveaway on Twitter and Instagram. So make sure you follow us on those pages, follow the um, coaches site on those pages and also tag your favorite coach uh, for a chance to get access to the global skills showcase. So it'll be a, a great event uh, with one of our former guests, Ted Soikinen, uh, being one of the 19 skills coaches talking next week. So um, now diving into the the content of the episode and then kind of the, the reflection here at the end. Um, I want to start with when we asked him about his favorite part of running his podcast. You know, he he mentioned right away that his favorite part is the research that he does before the show. He really enjoys learning about his guests, learning everything about his guests. He spends, you know, he, he said it was three to five hours on every episode, just finding out stories and, and things that he can ask these um, guests he's having on, these coaches he's having on um, to, to make for better episodes, to make for more interesting conversations, but also just to, um, just to, you know, find out more and have, have that background information and everything like that. And I think that shows really well the type of person that, that Aaron is. He's always looking for, for information and enjoys finding information. Um, but the, the other piece of that answer that I really liked was that he found that there was no real consistency to becoming an elite coach. And I think that's, that applies to, to coaches at um, you know, every, every level you have to, if you want to become, you know, the best in you know, youth coaching and, and under 20s coaching or, or coaching elite players, you know, you, you have to, um, the, the only common thing that they did was put themselves out on a limb at some point in their career. They, they took a chance and they, they, you know, they had that, they had that moment in their career where they had to, they had to take that chance and that kind of pushed them further. And I think that's something that's, um, that was really interesting when he when he answered that question. Well, I think also this totally aligns with our guests we have on because especially when we think about our coaches road episodes, I think we can also see there that every co coach we had on for coaches road that uh, the path every coach took was not the same. Every every coach said similar things but in a different way, and every coach had different core values. Every coach started different differently. Every coach has coached in different cultures. Every coach was has been coaching different age groups and every coach had, had also uh, maybe a little bit different network and also had different people who helped him or her starting to coach. So I think that's a that's also um, that totally aligns with our with our show as well. And what I also really enjoy about actually the things that he has been learning from 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 the coach's side and about the podcast is that actually that um, leadership is a very important skill and that you can actually develop it as, as you can develop leadership the same way as you can develop passing, shooting, skating, uh, body contact, and any type of skill you can develop leadership in the same way. And I think it's just 
so crucial. And unfortunately, we haven't spoken that much yet about leadership on our show, but um, it really, really developing leadership really starts with um, taking initiatives and also taking responsibility. And I think um, the way, for example, if we take Aaron here as an example, he takes a lot of initiatives with the coaches side and a lot of initiatives um, with the Glass and Out podcast. And as he has been mentioning, there are so many things that he has been learning. And I think the leadership skills that he actually learned from the show, he can apply those in his coaching. And the other thing really, what I really enjoyed about his answer overall is that um, that the things that he has been learning from the presentations and from the show is that they don't apply only to coaching. They totally apply to life, to every life era. He said with the, with the show, he has become a better husband, a, a better father, better hockey coach, a better friend, a better sportsman. Um, there are so many things where he feels that he has been improving. And I, I can say from my side that I feel the same way. And that's why it's so enjoyable to do that podcast because you get so many perspectives and it has such a tremendous influence on your life. And I'm more than happy that we actually have the opportunity to share uh, the things that we, that we talk about in our show. Yeah, I would agree. And I, I think, um, you know, right after that part, we, we started to talk to him about kind of promoting yourself as a coach. And I think those kind of go um, kind of hand in hand. Like you mentioned, one of the learnings is that, you know, he's always, he's always in a state of learning. Right. And I think that that highlights well, where he was talking about promoting yourself as a, a young coach. Right. And, um, you know, I already talked about having to take that chance and, and push yourself further, but um, he said that, you know, in coaching, there are no wrong ideas, which I think is um, really correct, right? Like you have to, you have to kind of, there's so many different ways to go about coaching. It's, it's, um, I mean, there are bad ways to coach for sure. I think we all know that. Um, but there, there's not wrong ideas in terms of, you know, hey, you know, this drill looks good or this drill looks good or whatever like that. Everyone has their own style and, and you have to be kind of open to that and kind of realize that and, and, um, I think that was a, a really interesting piece because I think his site does that really well where he offers all these different ideas and, and coaches can kind of um, have that internal filter that he was talking about and, you know, take this idea and say like, okay, I really like this or take this idea and say like, okay, I'm going to change this and, and kind of implement it in my own way or anything like that. And having that internal filter is such a skill, but I really like that in terms of the promoting yourself because you have to build a network. You have to put your ideas out there. And you have to put your voice out there so people can get to know you and get to know you as a coach and everything like that. So you, so you can get opportunities and everything like that. So um, I think that's a, a really important skill for a young coach to have. And I'm really, really glad we asked him that question because he had some, uh, some good advice for, for young coaches out there. Yeah, I also think that he had some really good stories to share about how important it is to self-promote yourself as a coach. And I think it also goes back to your reflection what what you just said is that overall, he also mentioned in our conversation that networking is such an such an important skill in coaching nowadays. Um, because because networking provides you with, first of all, networking provides you with the opportunity to ask other people about their opinions and about their thoughts. And uh, the other thing too is that networking provides you the opportunity to build relationships to people, personal relationships. You build friendships and 
well and networking also it's it's so so great to do and so 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 fun to do because the people you network with uh, they share the same passion you share and that's i think that's one of the one of the most essential things because passion it's connect uh, it connects and um, i think that's also a big big reason why why there are so many people are willing to actually share their thoughts share their perspectives are willing to join our show are willing to join our podcast are, are willing to provide provide free information out there i mean there are so many great um coaching podcasts if i think about now the glass and our podcast and there's the hockey think tank podcast and there's some there's the way of champions podcast there are so many other great podcasts and it's just networking is just so important and it's just the most important thing is that i feel is that you got to start in some way you really need to to think about what is your how, what, what do you actually want to achieve with your networking and then you really gotta you just you just you just need to start to reach out to people i think that's the most most important thing if you want to start networking just writing emails sending messages asking questions and i think then then you really have to have a good opportunity and a good shot to grow your network and um i also really found this piece very crucial in our conversation is that if you actually if you start to coach or overall if you coach is that it's he highlighted it so well that you really should start coach kids even even if you have the long-term goal to become a professional coach or if you want to coach on the higher level or if you want to coach on a high level and under 18s under 20s is that because he he put that so well and he said that actually that coaching kids it forces you to make kids better and i think that's that's why that is so essential because if you if you have the opportunity to coach kids as aaron said it really makes you think that how you actually help that player that kid to develop during the season and overall and i think this is such such an important piece here a uh, piece there you brought up yeah i would agree and i, I really like that message because it, you know you really have to focus on what is actually player development and i was just um watching the march madness tournament uh yesterday um and they were talking about the importance of player development even at the professional level you know and and focusing on on really just improving your athletes um and that's you know there's no better way to do that than i think coaching kids as, as aaron mentioned um i think the the final thing for me here is that um you know his final message which i think is something we highlight a lot on our show um but it just the quote that he started with uh, is that being a good coach is is a work in progress um it's something we we highlight all the time you know coaches can never stop learning they can never stop adding to their toolbox they always have to be searching for um i believe one of our guests has put it is like you always want to be looking for that cutting edge right that next advantage you're going to get and everything like that um and i I really like that. And I, I really liked it because the way he put it is he's talked to some of the best hockey coaches in the world. He's talked to NHL coaches, AHL coaches, you know, just some of the highest level coaches that you can talk to. And he's, he put that into words and he said that the best coaches in the world are the most humble. You know, they know what they don't know and they, they know where they can find information. They, they surround themselves with others that, that know what they don't know and everything like that. And I, I think that is such a, um, important takeaway from from today's conversation, and I really liked how 
how he put that in there. And, and uh, I think it was just overall a good final message. And it, well, it highlights one of the themes on our shows really well. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. Rick, do you have uh, anything else here? Yeah, I think that summarizes very well the conversation we had today with Aaron. And uh, again, I just, I, I just want to encourage people um, who are interested in hockey or who have an access to the coaches side or whatever, who are hockey coaches, really shoot an email to Aaron. If you have any ideas, any thoughts, anything, really send them an email. When we sent him the invitation, it took, I don't want to lie here, but I think it took about 13 minutes or something. And he responded, he said, yes, I'm in, I'm, I'm doing this. So really just want to encourage everyone who has anything, any ideas regarding hockey player development, shoot an email to Aaron. He will respond. I'm, I, I'm 100% sure. Yeah, and I think that that shows the the type of guy he is, and and everything like that. Just willing to, well, he's been he's been in that position before, right? In that in that early stages, and just willing or wanting to to reach out to people and everything like that. And that's something he he highlighted as well in the show. So I think that's a a good place to wrap it up. One more time, thanks to Aaron for allowing Rick and I to check out the Global Skills Showcase next week. Uh, again, that's the or this week. Sorry, I keep doing that, but. Uh, the 22nd to the 26th and all of those videos will be on demand on the coach's site as well. Um, and then also thanks to Aaron as well for giving our two of our listeners um, a access pass to the global skills showcase. Um, all you have to do is follow us on Twitter and Instagram, uh, follow the coach's site on Twitter and Instagram and tag your favorite coach on our post. Uh, and I think that'll, that'll be a really great chance to, to learn from some of the, the, good names out there in skills coaching. Um, so yeah, thanks to Aaron. Um, make sure you check out the show on social media at the coaches road, check out the, the coaches site, the coaches site.com and uh, at the coaches site, I believe on Twitter. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening and we hope you guys enjoyed and we will see you next week. Thanks. Thanks.